First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of our Saviour, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, who is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So today's sermon is going to be on prayer of all things. We're going to try and unpack what prayer is and what our part is in prayer. And just touching on what Rob and Patrice are just, you know, um, just even singing about, about um, our position with, with the Father's heart. And we'll be touching on a little bit about that. So it's good that they, they, they mention that. It's a central theme of prayer, knowing who we are in God and how God sees us. First of all, let's have a look at another piece of scripture. Ephesians 6.18, in the spirit at all times, on every occasion. That's how we have to pray at all times. I don't know about you, but I don't pray at all times. <laughs> but at all times. And it's this constant communication of a heartbeat between you and God. This constant, you know, intimacy and constant relationship. As I read through this stuff, I'm like, Lord, I want a little bit more of that. Actually, I want a lot more of that. You know, sometimes I do pray. And it's just in more reaction. And, and in the scripture it points out that there's three different types of communication with God. There's supplications, there's prayers, there's intercessions. And I'm like, Lord, you need to unpack that for me. What is that? What are these things that we are to engage and communicate to you through? And, and this, these, these, these um, scriptures came to me the other night. <clears throat> and I, I, I give them to you to, to pull apart and test as examples of intercession, supplication and prayer. In scripture it tells us a story about a woman who's about to be stoned to death. Right? And she's just caught in adultery. Can you imagine what her prayer was before she was about to be stoned? Can you imagine she was praying at all? I'd say she was. That's supplication. What Jesus did when he came in and drew a line in the sand, that's intercession. And then another scripture of another woman when she fell at Jesus' feet. And, you know, the Pharisees are saying, this woman is, if, if he only knew, if he only knew who was touching his feet, oh my gosh, he's making it up. And that's prayer, that's praise. That's it, that's an element of prayer too. And I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit really pressed on, uh, on my heart. There's other examples, like, like when, the, when the, 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 the robber, the thief, is at Jesus' side and says, Jesus, will you just remember when you come into your kingdom? That's, that's supplication. That's the simplest prayer. We think of prayer as long soliloquies of, but that, yet scripture tells us they're, they're short. They can be short. They can be long. Look at Daniel's, look at the Moyer's prayers. They can be long. But they also can be short. And there's some things that they need to be. There's some things that, you know, all the books on prayer talk about. And there's, there's seven things I just want to, to talk about. Uh, we're going to unpack a few of them, but I just want to call out some of the things and what our part in prayer is and what prayer um, uh, is all about. Um, and I want you to capture the, the, either the uncomfortableness right now you're feeling, like going, I don't, I, I don't get this prayer thing. You're not alone. It's okay. 
you're not alone. And what we're trying to what I'm trying to do here is to say, well, actually, let's challenge what, what it is because it's it's really a vital piece of our walk. It's expected, and that scripture we just read, we, we have to pray at all times for all people. And it, it says it a lot in scripture. Right? So uh, these are the seven things when you unpack what scripture says and what some some better minds than me say about prayer. So here are the seven things. Firstly, in prayer, we are to know our identity, but the identity of who we are to the identity giver. Right? We just talked about the Father's love for us. Right? And that's our starting point. Who we are. There's a beautiful um, uh, it points to the verse that I just read out, Jesus being mediator. And then what Rob and Patrice were saying there in the scriptures and singing is that what Jesus has done for us. And it's through his victory and his stance with the Father that we're able to stand in front of the Father. It's not us, it's not me, right? And it's when we go and pray to the Father, it's Jesus standing beside us going, I want you to see him, Father, or her, as you, as you see me. And that's exactly what it is. That's our... Whether we believe that or not, or where we struggle with that, that's the reality. We are in high places. We are, we are with Jesus right now. Our spirits are there. That's the position we're in in heaven. When we boldly come towards the throne, that's it. We're boldly coming and going, Father, you see righteousness because of what Jesus did. And I can boldly come to you and pray and supplicate and intercede on people's behalf. And that's the identity that we're to pray from. And I can understand that can be quite difficult at times. I get that. I struggle with that too. That boldness. Because maybe I've sinned that day and I'm struggling with other things and life happens. But that position doesn't change because Jesus has already done it. It's finished. What you're doing through your day is what, you know, the guilt you feel or the shame that you're feeling or, or the battles that the enemy's trying to throw at you. I'm not saying they're not important. They are. They're really important. But your position doesn't change. You haven't taken a step backwards. Jesus certainly hasn't taken a step forward away from you. Your position hasn't changed. Understanding the commission that Jesus gave us, and including the authority that he passed on to us in doing that, I want you to go and make disciples. And the power of, and what he left behind, he left his Holy Spirit behind it for us to carry out that commission. Some of the key things around prayer, or the, the third thing, key thing around prayer is and, and, and again, this is something I absolutely don't do. I don't wait. I don't, um, I don't ask. I don't align myself at times to God's will. I don't wait for his will to be established first. I go, God, this is what I want. <laughs> Any chance, when you're ready. I don't go, Father, I'm willing to accept your will. And let me, I want to pray your will. Your kingdom come. Not Bernard's kingdom. Having faith that we'll see it come to pass, and this is one of the key things I'm going to try and unpack in a few minutes, but I want to make a bold statement, but it's biblical. Holding God to his word. That's a bit. When I first read that, I was like, oh, Jesus, Marcus, is that? Order my blessings. But it's, it's biblical. I'm going to unpack that too. Understanding the impediments to prayer. There's stuff, there's a lot of stuff that gets in our way of prayer. And there's stuff that we control that gets in our way. That gets in the way. And that's going to be uncomfortable. We're going to unpack that. That's going to be crappy. It's going to be messy. 
but it's so worth it to unpack it because, you know, sometimes we do go around, like, God's not listening to me. But there is a way things work in the kingdom. There is, there is a way things work. And then last, but number seven, I want to touch this next, I want to go into this, is love. If you don't have skin in the game, you can pray, and 1 Corinthians 13, you can speak with languages of angels. If you don't have love, you might as well get it home and bang it away. And skin in the game means even praying for, for somebody who's, who says to you, I don't feel well today. I'll let him pray for you. But you don't skin in the game and go, really? You don't feel like that? It's okay. You don't feel it. You don't empathize. You don't love that person. Boom. 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 And I say that to me, by the way. If you're feeling comfortable, I feel uncomfortable. Because I'm like, I want skin in the game. I want to love people when I pray to them, Lord. I want to pray for more people. But I want to do it in the right manner. I want to actually make a symbol and just send up a prayer. I want to annoy myself with your will, Father. I want your will to come in that person's life. So let's unpack. So how does God want to, you, you know, well, how does he want you to pray, right? And this is, the, this is really tricky. And so sometimes with, with scripture, you're kind of like, yeah, that's for somebody else. You ever get that? You go, yeah, I can't really, I can't internalize that. I'm like, yeah, maybe that, that sounds like God, but not for me, because I don't feel I'm good enough or whatever. In some of the Psalms it says this, let me hear your voice. Now you might go, a song of Psalms is not, how are you making that comparable? But good, you know, good theologians say that is, a, that is a story of how Jesus sees his bride, us, us. And yet in here in 2.14 it says, let me hear thy voice, I want to hear your voice. And then in three, uh, 1 Peter 3.12 it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And then Proverbs 15.8 it says, The Lord detests the, sacri- the, the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright he delights in. So I'm really hoping you didn't pick up on the other things, the wicked stuff, right? Because we are righteous in his sight. He delights hearing your voice. He delights in hearing your heart. He delights in what you have to say. He delights in the messiness of prayer. He delights when you're like, I'm not happy with what's going on. No, Father, this has got to be, you know, I don't have to have a perfect prayer that's weaned off, that's five hours long. I'm not, I want to pray to you. I want to be real. I want to, here's my heart. You made it. This is my happy. God sees the heart. He wants your heart. He doesn't want somebody else's prayer. Your voice is important in the, in the husband. God wants to hear your voice in your heart, your voice, your real voice, exactly like the robber on, on the cross. Prayer should be ugly at times. It needs to be ugly. Because if you're trying to hold on to your dignity, you're trying to, you're closing your heart, you're not, you know, I want, I, I want to be comfortable here, I don't want to feel uncomfortable, and, you know, I want to just look cool and pious or whatever that is, even on your own, I've done it even on my own, I don't want to get messy. But you've got to get messy. Scripture is full of messy prayers. 
really messy stuff. And if you get beyond the messy, it's the heart that's connected to the heart. Some of the messiest prayers that I've prayed have been, and I can't explain it, so I'm not going to do it justice. There's been times that I've prayed and I've gone, I'm on my knees and I'm saying, Lord, I, I, I don't want this to happen. I don't, I don't want it to happen. I can't, I can't exist if this happens. And I just see in the line of his heart and my heart. And, and he, he, in those moments, he's saying, that's my will. You're praying my will in that situation. So people that are, and that was for a prayer for somebody who wasn't saved. I said, I can't exist. I can't do it. I can't exist. No, they're not going to heaven. I can't, I can't do it. And at that moment, I felt God go, that's my will too. That's my will too. And it's in that messiness and ugliness that wasn't a perfect prayer, there was a heart cry of, I can't do this. And that's intercession as well, you see Nehemiah doing it. Or, come on, come on. Daniel's prayer, come on, Lord. It's messy, it's real. One time, one of the best prayers I ever prayed, one of the most honest prayers I ever prayed, and I, I thought I was a Christian for a few years. I prayed, Jesus, I'd love to love you, but I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'd love to love you. But I don't scripture. I'd love to love you. I love Braveheart more than I love you at the moment. And that was real. I was like, William Wallace hits my heart, Jesus, more than you do at the moment. Because I'm reading scripture going, and it's not hitting. It's not hitting hard. Uh, so I was like, honest, I'm like, you've got to come and do something. You've got to do it. I felt at that moment, yes, that's it, that's it. I need you to be honest. I needed that part of your heart to go, now I can do something. Now I can do something. So let me move on to holding God of his words. And I, I set us back this up with, with scripture. John 4, 50. Jesus said to, to the man, go, your son will live. And the, and the man took Jesus at his word, just left. So why don't you send it? You said it, it's going to be done, that's it. I have struggled so many times to go, God, your scripture said one thing, but you know something, I'm going to believe something different for me. I'm going to, I'm going to believe something different for me. God is like, you can take me out of my words. What are you doing? I'm not saying this for the good of my health. If I say it in scripture, it's done, done. And honestly, I, 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 I never talked to Rob about a year and a half ago. I was really, really struggling in the world. Really struggling. Fear of being let down. You know, made redundant. And, oh, it was awful. It was just fear. There was no evidence for it. There was no evidence. I was made redundant years ago and the enemy had come back and go, you're worthless, you're crap, you're this, you're that. And God said, what are you doing believing that? Bull crap. I said in my word, look after you. Like the lilies in the fields. I'm not saying it for the good of my health. I'm your God, I'm going to look after you. Sorry, I'm, I'm real. I'm, I am who I said I am. And I hold them to the wall. I hope I go, yeah, Lord, you know something? You're my father. I accept Hannah to do that to me. You're my dad. I accept 
I'm going to hold you to being my dad. I'm going to hold you to what you say. And I want you to do that. Well, this is one of the best lessons you're going to learn probably today. And I hope it hits home. You have to take God at his words. Hold him to it. He wants you to. He doesn't want to be a dad that goes, ah, we'll see if you believe me or not. That word wasn't for you. That's not his heart. It's not him for you. And if you feel that rebuking, Now we move on to a tricky bit. These are, if that wasn't tricky, um, impediments to prayer, right? And that's the only word, it's a lofty word, it's a crappy word, barriers to prayer, whatever you want to call it, but I'm not a call it impediments. And there's some really big things here. I, I, I couldn't find a scripture to, to unpack this first one, but I think it's really important. Because I've done this, I've felt this as well. Believing that your prayer is less important than others. So the next time you find yourself saying, oh man, they can pray. Be careful what's behind us. Be careful if you're saying that your Father in Heaven prefers their prayers to yours. Be careful for what the, the little subtle enemy lies in there. Because it's bull. It's bull. This is a dangerous thing you can believe. That your simple prayer is, is not as important as somebody's big long sermon prayer. It's not true. It's not God's. It's not God's. Unconfessed sin can hinder our prayer. And this is the way heaven works because we talk about strongholds and all of that stuff. This hinders prayer. 2, two uh, Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name humble, humble, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. There's some places God can't go to. So confess that sin. Say, Lord, you know something? I've been struggling here. Is this impacting my life? And of course, the answer is yes. Unforgiveness. This really knocked me out for six because I knew this, I knew the scripture, and I'm like, Lord, you know something? I can see why my prayers don't hit the, the throne of heaven because I can't. I can't pray my heart out and then spit fire and hellfire at somebody in my life. I can't. That's not the way it works. Mark 11, 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you don't forgive them, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you yours. I'm not saying that you're... you're, you're Jesus hasn't dealt with your, your, your sin, your forgiveness, or your, your, your sin, and it's all forgiven. But this scripture here is saying there's an impediment when, when you have unforgiveness in your heart. When you try to pray to God, and you have this hatred corner in your heart, and he's like, I want to get there, but you're not letting me get there in the first place. So, and I say this to me, Bernard, don't go around going, Lord, you never hear my prayer. And yet, I don't check myself before the throne of heaven and go, Lord, what's in the way of me getting your plan and your will on earth? What am I bringing here? I think, I think it was Ezekiel or Zechariah. I think it was Ezekiel that went to the, you know, in the throne room and got his lips burnt and cold. Correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was. You know, it's that kind of moment, that, it's that kind of moment. And, God, and Jesus has made it, made it so that you are in the 
strong enough with God, you're bold enough to go in. And yet, you, you, you still need that holiness, his holiness. Unbelief is an issue with, with our prayer. Jesus answered them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will, you will not only do what, uh, what is done to this fig tree, but also you will say to the mountain, be removed and cast yourself into the sea, and it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. That's from Matthew 21. Unbelief. So check before we pray and go, Lord, I'm going to ask you something. I have unbelief. Help me with that unbelief first because I want this to happen for, for this person or for me. I want your will to be done here. But if I don't believe it, I want you to believe. See, see, the Father's heart is reflected there again. He wants you to believe. He doesn't want you to come on like a topper. He wants you to come on like, like a prince in a princess. James 4.3 talks about motives, wrong motives. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasure. So Lord, any chance of a Ferrari? That's a stupid example. But, well, it's a reality. Lord, you know, we, I know I've prayed prayers that, that have been selfish. And my will rather than your will, Father. That me thinking what you have in your heart, Father, is actually less than what I have in my heart for me. So I tell you what, I'll pray to your heart to try and switch that around. Any chance we could do that with? You don't ask according to God's will. So again, we don't ask. This impedes our prayer. Know this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for. That comes from 1 John 5. And then just three more. Whoever's a husband here today, if you're praying, God holds a very special place to how you're treating your wife to your brother. 1 Peter 3 says this, Likewise, husbands, live according, live together according to knowledge, giving honour to your wife, as truly being co-heirs together of the grace of life, not cutting off your prayers. So lads, if you're treating your wife like ungodly, the enemy gets in the way. We see that in Daniel. We see that in Paul. Paul saying in one of the epistles, oh, we wanted to come earlier, but the enemy impeded our plans. We see it in Daniel. Daniel prays three weeks later, and angel turns up going, I'm right. I just have to read the crap out of somebody and call Michael the archangel. And this is a mess. Oh, God answered your prayer three weeks ago, by the way. I would have given up by then. I would have went, I've already made any plans. I've already gone on. And last but by no means least, if you don't have love, skin in the game, a heart, ask for God's heart for people, for your prayer. So how does this, how does this stop? How, how does this change us? Now, we have two options. And again, hopefully it's not down to my teaching or whatever, it's down to the scripture that you've heard today. You have two options in the beginning today. Be changed or not? Ask the Holy Spirit to go, okay, something pricked my heart. Can I sit with that? Meditate with it. Don't leave here today unchanged all of that scripture. Now I say that because it's not me. <laughs> it's not me that's written the book. 
I can say that. It shouldn't be my sermon that rhymes you up and, hey, was that a good sermon today? Should we describe it? Should we this? Should we don't unpack it? Because it really impacted me this week. Reading through this stuff. So I'm going to leave you with three statements and then we're going to, we're going to um, do the communion. Prayer is, is set in an intimate relationship between you and your Father. Where you recognize the heart of the Father's heart for you and you recognize who God is. The outcomes of prayer are intimacy, revelation, growth, and the manifesting of the kingdom of heaven in your life, in the kingdom that God has given you, your family, your community, and the world around you. You are God's hands and feet, ordained and seated in the high places to bring the kingdom in the form of restoration, authority over principalities, to bring the gospel rescue of Jesus Christ. You are God's intimate ally on earth. His only plan for kingdom come. This is it, us. His plan for kingdom come is us. The ones he has commissioned to act, intercede, overthrow, cast down, bind, loose, battle, Heal, bring the gospel, bring the very power of God, bring the very fragrance of Jesus into a world in its most desperate hour. And it all begins with prayer.